Yes, hello. It's Jason Louv. Fancy meeting you here again so soon after our last podcast. How you hanging in there? Uh, it's getting weird. Things are getting really weird out here, uh, as if they weren't weird enough before. I think the realization is slowly settling in that, uh, yes, this is actually happening. Uh, Boris Johnson is not dead. Donald Trump is still president. And they are now talking about Andrew Cuomo, a man with bizarre S&M nipple piercings, being the Democratic presidential candidate instead of Biden, uh, a man previously obsessed with his leg hair and people, uh, uh, small children uh, uh, rubbing his leg hair in, in swimming pools, has been replaced with a man with bizarre uh, hardcore S&M nipple piercings. Okay, well, there you have it. America 2020. Not exactly what I was expecting, not exactly what you were suspecting, but here we are, ladies and gentlemen, but at least we're here together and we can both sit down, have a drink together and just say a mutual collective, what the fuck? How's that for an intro? Let's just get straight to it. I have been thinking quite a bit in, bet in between creating new courses about what to bring you in this podcast. And in this podcast, I'm going to be talking about the seven or eight, we'll see how many we get through, seven or eight most important things you need to bring to the coronavirus crisis of 2020. Yes, you probably were spending a lot of time several weeks ago stockpiling toilet paper and food and if you're like me, lots of Chef Boyardee, and those things are really important. Uh, you may have been stockpiling firearms, which uh, certainly I'm not going to tell you not to do. Just get training, please. Just get training. There's 120 guns. Well, prior to this, there were 120 guns for every 100 people in this country. And I'm the last person who's going to tell you that's a bad thing, but uh, because uh, people have a right to self-defense and we have a Second Amendment. But I will say, please, if you've just run out and bought a firearm, please, for the love of God, just get training. Don't stick it in a sock drawer. Learn how to use it so you don't hurt somebody uh, who's not trying to kill you, um, like a family member or yourself, right? It's like a car. You need to learn how to drive it so you don't hurt somebody. Okay, uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, but you're, you're not, you're certainly not going to hear any high horse moralizing about that from me other than just learn how to use it. Okay, uh, but uh, yes, so people are hoarding and stockpiling these things, but uh, you need a lot more than that. And the things that you truly need, particularly as we are now all collectively starting to get that sinking, crunching feeling of, oh, God, this is going to be going on for a while, isn't it? Yes, yes. There's only so much Nintendo Switch you can play before the realization is uh, brings your attention to bay and forces you to pay attention. Okay, that means that for this period and probably for a long period to come, the most important tools you need to stockpile are psychological tools. And I'm going to give you lots right now. Before we get into that, I also have some extra goodies for you. The ADAPT initiative and the Fortuna working are now both reopened on magic.me. So jump in and get them. The Adapt Initiative is a huge mega training with over 23 hours of recorded content and uh, all, over 70 hours on average of coursework. 
So about the same as a Netflix binge or uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 or whatever all other or God of War or whatever, you know, other mega video game you played recently. Uh, about the same duration. The ADAPT initiative will teach you everything under the sun about magic, meditation, and discovering your true purpose in life. And not only that, but it will give you a whole slew of financial tools to get very, very wealthy, or at the very least, to stockpile enough wealth in order to weather this storm. Because when it comes to self-defense, the very first line of defense is economic. So don't let anyone tell you that magic is not for money, because in times like these, god damn it, you better get some money, right? So the Out of Initiative promises all of this. Um, I've now taught hundreds of students in this course, and everyone from literally people with multinational financial uh, institutions that they run to people who live out of a backpack. And every single one of those people has had their life radically changed for the better by that course. They have gotten in touch with their true will. They have gotten the tools to manifest it into the world. And again and again, from people, including some very famous people who I don't mention by name, but again and again, people have told me that that is one of the most, if not the most profound experiences they've ever had. And in terms of online education, nothing even comes close. Let's not even talk about the information that is broadly available in the occult or spiritual world, uh, because people have also told me that this is by far the most profound material they've consumed in that vein. And I'm not saying that as a testament to myself, although I am very proud of not just the package that I put together, but of my now growing team uh, who has, uh, you know, put a tremendous work, a tremendous amount of work into building it. So I give them the credit. Uh, but it's also a testament to the material itself. In that course, I teach everything from the most ancient techniques, 10,000 year old yoga techniques, Sufi techniques, hermetic techniques. I mean, it's worked for thousands of years. I didn't come up with it, but I present it very well. It will work thousands of years from now. It's a testament to the power of the material itself, which is eternal and which I am merely a gatekeeper and presenter of. Of course, I combine that with some of the most potent uh, techniques of modern science, even data analytics. We even get we even get into measuring brain waves on a daily basis uh, in that course in order to actually track meditation progress. Okay, um, I'll spare you the spiel. Um, I'm going to talk more about the Adapt Initiative at the end of the podcast, uh, so we can get right into the good stuff now. So stick around for that definitely, and we'll be talking more about it at the very end. Also, the Fortuna Working has now been made available again at magic.me. Fortuna Working is a specific targeted one-week magical working, which is a combination of magical rituals designed to, uh, and other disciplines, designed to manifest massive amounts of material wealth, starting with supercharging wealth consciousness and proceeding into getting the stuff to show up. And that is exactly what you should be focused on right now, because that is what is going to keep you and your family safe, not just safe, but thriving in this time of what will actually be seen in retrospect as phenomenal economic opportunity. Um, and I'm happy to be that 
you know, materialistic about things because you need to focus on materialism right now. That is what's going to keep the wolves from the wolves from the door. And everyone who has taken these courses has seen many, 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 many multi levels, multi-fold return on their on their very small initial investment. Okay, we'll talk more about that at the end. Uh, but uh, suffice to say, if you go to magic.me, M-A-G-I-C-K dot M-E, both of those courses are now available again for everyone. So the title of this podcast, if you will, is Take This, It's Dangerous to Go Alone. Uh, or if you want to be clickbaity about it, we'll call it the eight most important things that you need to know to survive the coronavirus crisis and not just survive, but thrive. But uh, I won't be that clickbaity. In all honesty, here's what I'm going to do in all sincerity. And, uh, uh, there, there are some really critical things that we all need to be focused on right now, all of us, you know, and I'm not saying this from a position of like, oh, I am the master of fucked up shit and uh, surviving. Although I'll tell you, I've been through some pretty gnarly situations in my life that have grinded on uh, for multiple years uh, at a time. Um, and I learned a lot in the 2008 recession, as uh, you probably did too, um, if you're not 17 years old listening to this. Um, I'm coming at this from a perspective of this is these are things that I need to remind myself of. These are things that I'm thinking of on a daily basis as I go through this unbelievable shit show, uh, just like you, right? And, and they're probably things that you already know. But hey, you know, it's always nice to be reminded. And it's always nice to, you know, uh, uh, commiserate, if you will, with somebody who has been through similar things and is going through the same thing at the same time. So let's get right into it. Uh, these, of course, will come from a perspective of, uh, you know, real tested, um, you know, psychology as well as spiritual truths, something which I do know a lot about. Um, so there you have it. Okay. The number one most important thing that you need during this time is calm. You need to keep a level head. You need to keep very, very calm. There's a lot of reasons for that. The most important one is that if you were panicking, which probably you've seen a lot of people around you doing, uh, you're going to make dumb decisions, right? You're going to do dumb things. You're going to act on fear and you're going to be in the wrong nervous system. If you are afraid, if you are acting from fear, you are going to be thinking like a lizard. And if there's one thing that we never want to be, it's lizard people. Okay. So what do I mean by that? So the part of your brain that deals with fear is the oldest part of the brain. Everything else has been evolved on top of it. But if you go all the way down to the root of the brain, you get the fight or flight reflex. And that's simply, am I big enough to kill this or should I run away before it kills me? Now, this reflex is triggered by all kinds of things in day to day life. In the old world, the old aeon, pre-coronavirus, if you will, it was probably probably triggered by things like the thought, oh my God, what if my significant other breaks up with me? Uh, oh my God, my boss is looming over my shoulder. Oh my God, what if this? What if that? Uh, what if my mommy blogger blog fails to take off and get as many views as I want it to, so I have to be stuck in this job making paper all day long? Um, your fight or flight reflex was probably triggered by all kinds of 
things that don't actually involve your immediate survival. Um, that's because uh, you evolved from animals who literally only operate on that on that center right? Even the Tibetan Buddhists say this, right? It's like all that fear of being, all that anxiety and fear that people feel all day long. It's basically a vestigial evolutionary leftover of when you were an animal and your entire existence consisted of being worried whether a hawk was going to come pick you up and eat you or not. The hawk is not coming. Don't read any esoteric meaning into that, please. Uh, the, the hawk is not coming, but, or it wasn't before, now, I'm not so sure. Uh, we don't really know what's going to happen. It is quite possible that you may be thrown into life or death situations very shortly. But worry not. In fact, don't just don't worry, but be very calm about that. Be relaxed. Your ancestors had to deal with this shit all the time, right? People all over the world deal with this shit all the time. In fact, there's probably periods of, of your life where you've had to deal with it, right? You got this. It's not a big deal, right? It's part of having a body. It's part of being an animal. Um, and if you can maintain your calm, your composure, and your level head, even if you are thrown into such a survival situation, you will prevail. Studies show, statistics say, that even if somebody pulls some crazy shit on you, it's probably be, probably because they are desperate and afraid and are doing crazy things. And if you can keep your head in such a situation, chances are you will prevail. And that goes all the way down to making the decisions that you're probably making right now in terms of where you're going to get economic resources from, whether you are going to move or not, whether you are going to bunker down in the middle of the rainforest uh, like Rambo and build punchy sticks everywhere. Uh, all those decisions that you're probably up late thinking about uh, need to be made from a position of your mammalian brain. Your rational brain, the brain that is calm and understands that you got this. So stay calm. You know what the number one way to stay calm is? I know. You, it's not very exciting, not very, but not very sexy. And you know what I'm going to say is meditation. And by that, I, of course, mean a daily meditation practice, not meditating a bunch and then hanging up some uh, blacklight posters and calling yourself a meditator. I mean, actually doing the work of meditation probably every morning so that your nervous system is set for the day. If there's one thing that meditation is actually good for, it is getting you out of the fight or flight part of your nervous system. If you live in the fight or flight part of your nervous system, you are functionally an animal. If you can consistently stay out of your fight or flight nervous system, even in times of extreme duress, then you are, congratulations, a human being and can act rationally and behave accordingly and things will go well for you. Now, how can you act so calm in a time like this? It's really easy. It is because of number two, which is faith. Faith is something I talked a lot about in the last podcast, and I will say that I am, it's very uh, reassuring and fascinating that almost everyone that I am reading uh, who is commenting on this from every walk of life, from every end of the political spectrum, um, even the most unexpected people, are largely coming down to the same message, which is the most important things right now are family and faith. Maybe this is a very American thing. It probably is, but it's true. 
One of the most profound things that I have ever read on the topic of spirituality and human life in general did not come from a book on spirituality, which is usually how it goes. It's never from the most blatantly obvious sources, but from the ones you least expect. It was actually from a book on financial trading called Market Wizards. And it was an interview with a guy who'd been a very successful trader for many decades. And he said something that uh, has stuck stuck with me practically every day since I read this several years ago, which is that there's really only two choices in in life, right? Or excuse me, there's really only one choice between two different options in life. And that's it. And that's whether you live in a friendly universe or not. Or to be, you know, to dial that up, whether you live in a universe that loves you or does not whether the universe is a friendly place or an unfriendly place. Interestingly enough, uh, John Lilly says something very similar in the book, The Center of the Cyclone, uh, which is great for psychonauts, but uh, I don't know when the next time you're going to be in a sensory deprivation tank is going to (laughs) be. It's not very sanitary. Um, But it's that one choice. Do you live in a friendly universe or not? I suggest that faith means deciding that you live in a friendly universe. And I think it's that simple, right? I mean, I myself came to the conclusion, I think in college, where I spent a lot of time thinking about things like, is there free will in the universe? Which is something that college students do sometimes a lot more than working adults. Uh, But uh, as I thought about this as a college student, I came to the conclusion, which I'm still satisfied with, which is that there is absolutely free will If you choose there to be free will with your free will and that it self-creates itself, I think it's exactly the same with whether the universe is friendly or not. You get to choose, right? And you can see lots of people who have chosen the opposite. If you choose to live in a friendly and loving universe, it will be so, right? But you have to choose, right? And whatever you choose, you will find evidence for it if you want to look for evidence that this universe is unfriendly, there will be no shortage of it. But if you look for evidence of the other one, there will also be no shortage of that. That is faith. To have faith that the universe is a conscious, loving phenomenon and that it will all work out because it will. Because it will. With faith, as I said in the last podcast, you can not only move mountains, but you can become an immovable mountain. That's what you need. That is what is going to get you through this. With it, you will win. Without it, you will lose. And win doesn't just mean win for you. It means for the people who are dependent upon you. So you must be as dependent upon the beneficent nature of the conscious universe by any other name as the people who are dependent upon you are dependent upon you. Sit in the lap of the Divine Mother and pray. Thing number three you need is a support network. You are not going to get through this alone, right? And you've never gotten through anything by yourself. Edgelords be damned. The whole idea of this left-hand path of, I am the great adept who creates the universe myself, and I am greater than all, and I do everything. Okay, like nobody ever wiped your ass, and like, you know, All of the food that is brought to you is not brought by people who, you know, 
toil in fields to bring that and so on and so forth. And as if any of the ideas you've ever thought are truly original or if they've just come to you either through media or through the either, but not uh, self-generated. So this idea that you are an island, uh, no, no. That said, be an upstanding individual. We'll talk about that in a second. But you need a support network. During the last economic crash, there was a very interesting article by a guy named Charles Hugh Smith uh, that was published at a blog that I helped start called Dangerous Minds um, that um, is still going, but I stopped writing for a long time ago because it got really boring. Um, but he wrote a really, really interesting article uh, where he was talking about how people were, you know, like stockpiling food during the last economic crash and stockpiling ammo and building bunkers. And he made a really interesting, really interesting point, which is this is actually a really bad survival strategy. You could stockpile everything you want way out in the woods in your underground bomb proof uh, shelter you know, with five years of food and just plan to wait it out in there. And then you could break your foot coming down a ladder. Uh, and there's nobody around for miles. Whoops. And his point was, and this is actually backed up by quite a lot of science, that your survival rate basically is not um, determined by, you know, what, what, whatever like Rambo shit people would think of right away, that it's actually determined by the, the strength of of your social network, right? You know, you can, you can measure your ability to survive by the number of people who would show up if you called them in a crisis, right? I think that's pretty straightforward and self-explanatory. First place to start for that, your family, right? Especially in the supposedly advanced first world developed world uh, in America, uh, we have very weak family networks. Uh, most of us, not all of us, but a lot of us have very weak family networks and we never talk to our extended family and extended family might as well not exist for us. Well, now is a good time to correct that because uh, your immediate family is probably a lot less uh, likely to uh, not care if you're in a crisis uh, uh, than random people from, I don't know, from wherever. Now, obviously, social groups, uh, leagues, groups, hey, secret societies, uh, all that stuff is great. Uh, and, and you should work to build those networks as well. You should build as big of a network as you can and not on the internet, obviously, uh, but like your neighbors, right? When's the last time you talked to your neighbors? Huh? Right? So, support network. Number four, and this is absolutely one of the most important ones on the list, is the ability to let go, right? And to be flexible. One way we can talk about this is by saying losing your expectations, right? This is an old psychedelic thing. Um, and it, it really is. It's it's letting go of the old model. Everything that you have um, basically been participating up till now in is predicated on models of the world that are no longer valid, right? Almost everything is going to change and be invalidated by COVID, right? It's like, it, you know, even if they finally say, okay, go out of your hamster holes and go about your business, the economic devastation from this uh, is going to be generational, right? And, uh, you know, we can have a long conversation about whether it was a fucking great idea 
to just utterly destroy the world's largest economy and therefore the entire global economy because of the flu, we can have that conversation. But uh, I don't know if this podcast is the venue for that right now. That said, it is incontrovertible that the damage is going to be massive. And I suspect that we barely even are able to comprehend it because we're all stuck in our houses. When people finally come out of their houses and look around at what has happened, there's a chance, and I would say it's a pretty big chance, that there is going to be a wave of hate that erupts like a nuclear bomb. Right, now, I preface that by saying that should you keep your head about you, all shall be fine, but you need to be aware of that and plan for it up front because the anger that is going to erupt when people realize how many people are out of work and how little is left over the flu, uh, I don't think we have a model for it. So stay out of the way when the bomb goes off. In addition, that anger will be generated by a lot of things, but the primary thing that it will be generated by is the inability to let go, right? Nothing about this situation makes sense. Nothing about it is just. Nothing about it is fair. It is brutal and cruel. It is unprecedented and uh, it should not have happened. However, yes, we can talk about who should be held responsible. We can have that conversation again forever, but that's not going to help either of us right now, All right? What will help us is understanding that even though it should not have happened and that it is not fair and that it is wrong and brutal and that innocent people will suffer for no reason, that it is happening and it will continue to happen and we can't put the lid back on Pandora's box now. It's too late. So the best thing that you and I can do is accept that this is happening and accept that the consequences will be quite hard. But the sooner that we can do that, the sooner that we can let go, the better things are going to go. In fact, I submit that letting go during a bad trip is the only way to get the waters to calm. And in this case, when the bad trip is happening in the bardo of waking life, the only way to get the waters of the trip to calm, and in fact, the only way to survive is going to be to let go. And letting go means two things. One, it means letting go of all your expectations that are now past their expiration date. The second one is immediately beginning to build a new worldview, a new personality, and a new orientation towards a new world, right? All that you can do now is build in, you know, this Omega Man type existence uh, is to build and adapt a well-adapted personality and a well-adapted map of the world. Your map is is has been burnt right the map that you drew the map that we all drew the plans that you had everything that you thought was going to happen that's gone now and that doesn't mean that you can't achieve massive self-fulfillment and, and truly true fulfillment as a human being and in fact perhaps achieve dreams you never thought possible but you're not going to be able to do any of that with the old map so check out what remains of the old map and start drawing a new one now Number five. Now, I said earlier that no one is an island, but that said, you had better, if you haven't already, develop a DIY mentality. Those of us who, uh, like me, are old enough to remember or have participated in, to some extent, the punk rock scene or its offshoots like hardcore and so on, 
very much remember and love the DIY mentality. And that's what you need right now. Uh, don't have food? You better learn how to grow it yourself. Uh, police aren't going to show up if you call them. You better learn how to defend yourself, right? Do it yourself. Right now, people are already wailing to the high heavens that uh, they need, the government needs to give them bailouts and they, they need to be looked after. And yes, I'm not saying that that, you know, <laughs> look, if, if, if they're giving you money, take it, right? You're going to need it. Um, what I'm saying is don't count on it right if you're you know you're 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 going to be a skeleton if you're waiting around for other people uh to save you right now if, if you can get assistance then good right but um that said bernie sanders is no more right and that is not going to happen and uh in a survival situation just don't count on anyone else bailing you out whether it's economically physically uh, food wise whatever it happens to be learn how to do it yourself and i think that the people who listen to this podcast uh like that idea actually and are probably excited by that idea about learning all these super cool skills that they didn't have before so that they can be more super heroic i know you very well be the hero okay Number six, this is the hardest one, okay? I was up late last night thinking about this. And they're saying in that, you know, they're starting to give signals in the media like, oh, uh, it might be okay for some people to go back to uh, going out. Uh, we might give vouchers to people so that they can, you know, leave if uh, this, that, this, that, and the other. They're talking about reopening the economy. I doubt it's going to happen. We, I mean, who knows? We literally don't know anything one day to the next. But one thing I am noticing is this, which is that I feel that people are running off of uh, a few assumptions um, that may not be valid. And the assumptions are essentially that things will go back to normal. So number six is change your reference points. What do I mean by that? Okay, Americans, by and large, now I'm an American, so we'll talk about things from an American perspective. That is what it is. But this probably applies to a lot of the rest of the world. Certainly not all of it, but certainly most of America, not all of America either, but most of America, um, the last few generations, you know, the currently alive generations of Americans for the most part, the millennials, the baby boomers, and those younger there are a few uh, cherished remaining Americans of the greatest generation. Uh, but the boomers and the millennials have never gone through this type of hardship, right? And, and it's likely that this may dwarf the, the Great Depression even, right? And if there's a war, well, get ready, right? But we just don't have reference points for how bad things can get. And I think that if anybody from who, for, who, for instance, grew up in the Eastern Bloc, or even directly in the Soviet Union, we're viewing this developing situation um, or, or are here perhaps and viewing it develop, they would have a very, very different set of expectations for what might happen next. That is because they have a series of memories and cultural reference points for when things did get that bad, right? And things have not gotten that bad in the U.S., um, I think the closest, I mean, there's the Great Depression, there's the Civil War. We don't have any remaining Civil War people with us. Um, but nearly, nearly nobody has reference points for how bad things can get. What they do have is a set of reference points that basically says there are these crises that scroll by in the media, like they were in a Facebook or Instagram feed, and everyone freaks out for like uh, half a day, and then everyone forgets that it ever happened. 
right? Those are unfortunately in the last several years of just total fucking media breakdown and information poverty. Uh, in the last several years, that's what we've been conditioned uh, towards, right? We've been conditioned towards uh, the fact that crises never really truly happen and everything's pretty much fine. I mean, even 9-11, as traumatic as it was, um, didn't truly affect the average American in any real way outside of the trauma of the event and then the war and all of that. But it's not like uh, they couldn't eat or there was fighting in front of them, right? Uh, they were still basically sheltered from that entire experience by our military might. So that's a real issue. Uh, it causes a certain false confidence. Um, if everything's been all right every single time before and you don't have reference points for how bad things could get, like you've never seen famine in front of you, then you're probably going to make decisions based on the even unconscious expectation that everything is just going to go back to normal, right? Well, that could be a very dangerous uh, orientation, right? If you start making decisions like, for instance, where you're going to be living uh, in the next few months based on the even unconscious assumption that things are going to revert to normal, you may make some very bad decisions, right? So I would suggest that although you maintain calm at all times and maintain pristine faith and build your support network and maintain high spirits and pray and hope for the best, that you don't make the error of not preparing for the worst with the understanding that you may not truly understand what the worst is in anything but an intellectual sense, right? You can read about it in history. You can watch YouTubes about it happening in Russia or the Ukraine or wherever, but you haven't lived it and you don't know anyone most likely who's lived it. So you just don't know. So tread on the side of safety would be my recommendation. Okay. Now, that's the hard one, but uh, let's move on from biting on tinfoil. Uh, number seven is uh, your health, right? You need resilient health. Um, do some push-ups. Come on, it won't kill you. Um, I've lost 20 pounds in like three weeks. It's not on purpose. It's because I'm freaking stressed and I've been hauling canned food all over the, all over the known universe. Um, resilient health means keeping a... a very, very, very close watch on your health. If you're smoking, why the hell are you doing that? If you're drinking on a consistent basis, why the hell are you doing that? They even came out today and said that smoking weed on a regular basis will increase your susceptibility to coronavirus. Uh, smoking tobacco increases, uh, it, I'm going to get this wrong probably, but it increases receptor sites for coronavirus to bind to in your lungs. You shouldn't be doing that shit anyways. Uh, and it's not just what you don't do, it's that you actively pursue health as a, you know, basically as a full-time job right? Because it's not just the coronavirus you have to worry about. It's about resilience. If you are strong, if you are healthy, if you are getting enough calories on a consistent basis, and uh, you have a healthy, conditioned body, uh, you're not going to be stressed. You want to be calm, exercise, right? Because uh, the reason that you get so stressed is because cortisol builds up in your body uh, from emotional reactivity, and then you don't release it the way you're supposed to release it, which is through physical exertion, because you probably sit at a computer all day long, just like me. And if you don't, then God bless you, right? Those of us with that type of lifestyle have to work triple hard to um, stay healthy, right? And, uh, or maybe not now, if like me, you're just being thrown into Rambo mode. 
resilient health, not just for you, but for the people around you. That doesn't just mean the condition of your body, but it means things like um, the quality of the food you're eating. It means like the quality of the supply lines of food, uh, the type of exercise, um, you know, have some reishi mushroom. Come on. It won't, it won't hurt. It'll be really good for you. Become a health nut. It's time. It's time. I don't know if veganism is the best idea right now, but otherwise get healthy. You're going to need it long-term. You will need it, right? And finally, number eight, last, but most important of all, you need a long-term vision, right? It is very easy in times like this to get locked into reactivity, to get locked into tunnel vision. Oh my God, nothing's okay. I need to react to everything, you know, everything. It's really easy to get locked into tunnel vision. And again, that's a really good way to make dumb decisions. You need a long-term vision. Now, one of the most important things, if not the most important things, the most important thing that I teach is the concept of the true will and the use of spiritual techniques to uncover your true will. Here's the great thing about your true will. It's not like a, it's not like a job description. What you're truly meant for, uh, in fact, probably comes out much greater under times of great duress. Just look at history. Heroes are produced by extremely fucked up times, right? They're not produced by living in the Shire. They're produced by having to drop the One Ring into Mordor. And that's where you and I are. Uh, I'm probably one of the, the hobbits, but uh, you might be a more glamorous uh, individual. Uh, but that's where we're at, right? We're in the Mordor uh, period. We're in Lord of the Rings, not the Hobbit or the beginning of the Hobbit. Rather, we ain't in the Shire anymore. So uh, that times like that bring out heroism and our greatest qualities uh, all the more or our worst qualities. You choose. The great thing about the true will is it is more of a frequency and something that unfolds over time rather than a specific set of circumstances, and it will adapt to the situation and express it no matter what, and in fact, perhaps express better. So the best way to get a long-term vision is to understand who you are, right? If you understand who you are, then you can express that and thrive in any circumstances. And if you understand your true will, honestly, it really doesn't matter how chaotic and insane the world around you is, right? Because you will be yourself. You will be following your own Dharma, right? The great legendary heroes of Dharma uh, don't play Xbox. You find them in the middle of the Ramayana war. Don't you, Arjuna. So don't be a fucking pussy. So you're going to get there the happy, lovely, wonderful future. And it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It could be an adventure along the way, and it probably will be. We're going to have lots to talk about in the weeks and months to come. But you signed up for it. You were born on this planet at this time. So here we are. We're in the game now. So you better play it well. Such is my message of pragmatism and good cheer. Okay, 
Now, I said I would talk more about the ADAPT initiative and the Fortuna working, uh, but I actually already have a lot. It's really simple. The ADAPT initiative is a course that uh, will unlock and unveil your true will, right? And it also gives you all these tools to manifest material wealth, but not just, oh, I want money, but out of the core of who you really are so that it is congruent with your actual mission in life. It's just the resources you need to be who you truly are right? Uh, that is exactly what everyone needs on this planet, right? It doesn't matter what the external conditions are and it doesn't matter what your background is. Uh, everyone needs that. Uh, and that type of orientation towards the sacred core of yourself, the storm center, uh, that'll get you through anything, anything, right? And I know that from personal experience. Um, the other one is the Fortuna working, which is just, hey, here is a big freaking handful of techniques for manifesting money right now. And that includes pragmatic techniques. It includes, you know, just mechanical like investing. And by the way, this is the best time ever to invest if you can. Uh, it includes all that. It includes things like how to build businesses, how to structure investments, all kinds of things uh, combined with magical techniques all the way from working with gods and goddesses of wealth to uh, sigil work to uh, honing your entire mind stream towards the production of wealth. Um, it is a phenomenally, phenomenally potent a series of rituals. It can be done once. It can be done infinitely. It can be done over and over and over and over again, as many of my students have, and it just deepens and the results just get better every time. And I submit to you that all philosophy aside, that should probably be your number one priority right now, because you need to stay surviving, thriving, and doing well over what could be a very long and grueling period. And you need to not only have a store of powder, but to keep that powder dry. So I have this for you. Take it. It's dangerous to go alone. Um, I got you hooked up. It's all there. It will work in any economic situation. And uh, I'm sure going to be spending a lot of time with that because uh Yep, 2020. There you have it. These courses are available at magic.me, my online school for magic, meditation, and mysticism, M-A-G-I-C-K dot M-E. You can take them uh, from your phone. You can take them from your computer. You can binge watch them like a Netflix show or like the latest Call of Duty game. Um, God damn it. I wish I could still be playing Call of Duty all the time, but no longer. Shit got real. Um, but it's about the same as a binge watch of a show. You're probably doing a lot of that right now. Why do that when you can unveil your true will and start manifesting massive amounts of material resources and wealth? Better use of your time. Um, it's all there for you. And along with everything else at magic.me, uh, you can get a yearly subscription and get access to everything from Chaos Magic, which you can use to produce basically any result you want, um, to hardcore meditation, astral travel, use it for what you will, but do good. Um, you need to bring out the big guns right now. You really need to, you really need to. So it's at magic.me, M-A-G-I-C-K dot M-E, and we got lots more coming. I am already beginning work on new courses, um, and there's going to be a lot. There's, I'm working night and day to roll out as much as I possibly can so that you can thrive. Survive if you will, but we want you to do phenomenally 
in this time of chaos and opportunity. Okay, so that's what we got. Magic.me, M-A-G-I-C-K.me. Uh, keep an eye out for The Midnight Gospel. Duck and Trussell's show drops on Netflix on April 20th, which includes an entire episode uh, of me talking about the Bardo, uh, which I've seen parts of and is hilarious. Um, and um, there'll probably be some interesting stuff around that as well. Uh, so magic.me, M-A-G-I-C-K. Dot me. The course is the Adept Initiative, and the giant mega working is the Fortuna working, and everything else there is solid gold. I will see you in the next podcast. Hang in there.